0: folks, welcome back to another Besides and on podcast my name's Steve, we've got Craig on the other side of the table, another exciting podcast this week, we have Don Marshall from the Scottish Family Party, hey, how are you doing Don?
1: I'm good, I'm good, thank you.
0: Excellent, excellent. You've, you've got one of those great names that just fluidly comes off the tongue, it's perfect, yeah. really great name for me. I
1: <laughs> have third generation of Don Marshall as well, so are you... my grandfather and my father were all Don Marshalls, yeah. So you Donald have Donald, Donald Marshall. Do you have yeah.
0: the the three lines after your name then? Usually,
1: uh, I could do, I could do, but the, there's only there's only one of the other left. My my grandfather died about two years ago. Right, um, right. So yeah, I would, I'd be probably yeah, or, or junior if I was American, I suppose.
0: Mm. I love that the junior name. Everybody just I love calls junior. you junior. Everybody just calls you junior instead of your any part of your name at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> they just ignore everything else. I
1: always get always got confusion at Christmas when we were all together. And someone oh. said Don, and then at least two people would answer. Someone said Donald, at least two would answer. That's uh, oh, amazing.
2: There.
0: It's amazing. This it is
2: well like nicknames, because my nickname is Monk. Uh, and was, there's very few Monks. Monk.
0: Because <laughs> you used to it, it was worse
1: than the other side. When the other side of the family got together, because there was two Ronalds on that side. So there was three Donalds and two Ronalds. So.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds painful. Original Scottish names, that's what it is. Ron and Don. Don and Ron. My God. Unbelievable. So uh, we've got Good you on to talk about the podcast. That's a great start. This is <laughs> how these things go. Um so we've got you on to talk about the upcoming election and sort of your thoughts on it, you know, some of your policies and stuff like that. But first we'll go into about your childhood. How's your childhood done?
1: Well my uh, my dad was in the, in the military he was in the the Royal Air Force so kind of moved around a little um, spent a few years in Germany when I was uh, quite young um, spent originally from Dundee so I was born in Dundee my, my family was all from Dundee so we ended back there a couple of times on and off during during the years um, but most of my, my my time growing up was up in Elgin uh, in the far north of Scotland mm-hmm. I was there from about age 7 to about 12 so that, that's kind of kind of where I grew up, which was you know, when I was up there, I kind of spoke it the broad scots you can for them Dane. and uh, you put your Dane you go like a loon, and all that kind of <laughs> kind of speak, which was interesting. It was interesting. Um, but when I was 12, my dad uh, got posted down to England, so I moved. I, I was in uh, primary seven on the Friday up in Scotland, and then I moved down to England. Um, and went straight into first year because the, the school system's different. And um, nobody could understand the word I said. You know, Obviously, yeah. you know, even, even the Dundonians wouldn't have understood the word I said <laughs> or anywhere around there, uh, anywhere else in Scotland. But uh, I went there, just couldn't understand me. But I didn't understand that because I'd seen EastEnders and I could understand all of them perfectly.
0: <laughs> uh, it's a thing we come up against a lot. We do another podcast, which is a hip-hop podcast. We speak to people... From all over the world, we spoke to like Australians, yeah. uh, Americans, Aye. guys from just in London. We understand all them and their slang a lot. And of their slang, well. like we have to get in touch Aye. with like hip hop slang terms but and we stuff have like slight that. Slight
2: well. different pronunciations of certain words, yeah, and they just can't grasp it. Particularly the word purple. <laughs> yeah, the word purple uh, that seems is to very be a difficult.
0: huge, <laughs> a, a huge argument. Specifically, with that.
2: Americans. Americans don't <laughs> understand the word purple.
0: Yeah, I don't, it, I don't know how they say it because it's just purple.
2: It
1: is mauve, isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. To mauve. <laughs> yeah, so uh, down in England and um, I spent about a year down there um, because my dad wasn't wasn't keen on the, the education system in England. He he thought and you know, quite rightly so at that time that the education system in Scotland was was far better. And and being a an officer now in the military, he was able to get me into the boarding school in Dunblane. Uh, I don't know if you know it's called Queen Victoria School.
0: I've never heard of it, no. No,
1: no it, it's uh, just on the A9 as you're coming down the hill towards Lumblane, some there's something that looks like a borstal on the left-hand side. Oh, right, nice. um, You know, it's a bit like Castle Huntley. That's, that's, that's what it was like. And it was a bit like that, being at school. Um, it was a bit like being in the army at age 13. And um, we were watching a, a black-and-white film one Saturday afternoon. And it was about a borstal, and when we looked, we saw that the kids in this borstal were wearing the same uniform we were. Oh. so we all wondered whether we were a borstal or not. <laughs> that
2: was a. I wonder if that was planned.
1: I think it was when it's a military place. It's probably the only government issue clothes that they had for kids, so it kind of makes sense, really. But yeah, but you know, it was it was a tough school. You know, it it was like being in the military. You, had, you did cadets, but you know, and some people thrived and some people didn't. Um, Interestingly, there's, there's been quite a bit in the news about um, child abuse at boarding schools around Scotland at the time I was there. Right. Uh, and my school has been dragged into it. Um, but, I mean, I, I never saw or witnessed any kind of kind of child abuse from, from adults or teachers. You know, there was plenty of bullying between pupils and things at the time and corporal mm-hmm. punishment was still allowed, but no, nothing like that. So. I
0: think, again, they're going so We to had pe- to play rugby. Uh, I mean those kind of people are going to pick, pick their uh, people and then they're just like everybody else gets left out sort of thing. So it's just going to be it's going to be kept really quiet between each other sort of thing.
1: Aye. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. But I, no, they, they did make us play
0: rugby, so I suppose that was a form of child abuse. It certainly is. It certainly is. I, the opposite
2: issue. I wanted to play rugby and wasn't allowed. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to take that as child abuse.
1: Aye. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs>
2: I blame that today for why I'm fat.
0: Because <laughs> you weren't it's, allowed to play yeah, rugby. because
2: I, I wasn't allowed to do the DPE stuff.
0: Yeah, that's a horrible thing. That. So, um, so at school, you. Uh, so what happened after that? Like, what led you into the political side of things? After that. Sorry, the. The political. What led? You, what did something no, po- happen? Did something happen at school that led you into politics or anything like that?
1: Well, no, well, I mean, I suppose, so after I left school, I went to, to um, college in Dundee um, to study business studies the languages. Uh, I always wanted to, to, to learn languages and go abroad. And my parents were in Germany at the time. So that, that was kind of my interest. I wanted to be a manager. Um, but whilst I was at the student, I did get involved in the, the National Union of Students, um, Student Union at the time and got involved in a number of things. And it was right at the time of the poll tax um, I mean, I'm going back a while. This is late '80s, you know. I'm I'm 51 years old, so it's a wee while back before uh, you guys will probably remember. But and mm. um, so it was a time of Margaret Thatcher, the poll tax uh, demonstrations, and you know they were testing out in Scotland, and it was quite a time of discontent. And so I was involved in that. I was like the secretary for the for the the college um, on the union, and kind of it was kind of something that I was I was interested in at the time. And then they did I did join the SNP at the time. Back then, that it were it were campaigning for devolution. So for me, devolution was, you know, the the, the goal was to get Scotland its own parliament. And uh, it, I I, did my, I met Donald Dewar at the time as well, and you know he did actually see that to come to fruition, which was which was really good. But um, yeah, so that's that's the only time that I was been involved in politics in the whole of my life until a couple of years ago when I came back to Scotland. Because after I'd uh, been a student, I went abroad and I lived in France and Germany for a few years.
0: Uh, yeah.
2: So in that yeah. time there was no no politics until you came back. So what what made you get back in, involved?
1: Well the reason I got back involved is when I um, returned to Scotland. So I've been living in England for what almost I oh, you know, left in eighty nine and this was twenty eighteen, so twenty nine years I'd been away, you know, abroad and then and then back in England. I'm um, working for for various big companies, you know, IKEA, B and Q, people like that. And then, mm-hmm. a, a job came up that uh, took me back to Scotland, and it just it was too good a, an opportunity. It wasn't. Um, I was working in e-commerce for a, a company based in Kenross, and it meant I could, could move back to where I was from and be close to my dad. And it just seemed well. My my wife was, you know, uh, my wife's from Africa, and she always loved coming to Scotland. And it was our intention to move back, but Probably not at that point in time, but when it all happened, it kind of all fell into place. We came back. Um, you know, and so when you're in England, what you see in the political scheme and what you see of Scotland uh, as a country, it looks to be doing, you know, pretty well. You, you see, um, you know, that the Scottish government kind of being strong with Nicola Sturgeon, and, and they don't see any depth beyond that. So I was I was quite you know a fan of of what was happening. I'd seen new schools being built. I'd seen the infrastructure doing pretty well. Everything seemed okay, but once you know, but my dad my dad was always uh, anti SNP and, and and what was going on in the country and I couldn't understand this until I came back and I saw from my, my own eyes and what I saw was um, that the schools and education. I mentioned it earlier that when I came was sent back to school in Scotland because it was such a good education, um, but it had definitely gone so far backwards, it, it was unrecognisable. And uh, there was also a number of... You know, my daughter started school, uh, I was even to look at what what was being taught, and there was a number of uh, what I'd, I'd call as age-inappropriate sex education being taught, um, and at the same time parental rights being eroded. So the way I saw was the SNP policies weren't working. But I did join the SNP when I came back. That that was I had to when I came back. I don't know what it was. I was reminded of the reason why um, I was in politics before, and I'd never had an interest in that whole time in between. And it suddenly, just I kind of had almost like a revelation. Um, I was whilst I was in church one day, and the guy was preaching, and he said, "You know that you've got a memory or something that you want to do when you're younger," and you know, unlock it and, and go for it. And I suddenly got this, like, you know, sounds, sounds strange to, to you guys probably, but I had this revelation that I needed to get into politics and try and change something. So I joined the SNP thinking that was the right way. Let's get involved. Let's try and, you know, work your way, in, you know, from inside. And I couldn't couldn't get anywhere. And the way that things were organized and stuff, there was no chance of me getting involved in, in politics at all with, with them. I just, there was no door open at all. Um, so, yeah. And, and I kind of, I was a member but i kind of gave up and that wasn't what was happening you know and then just that one day on facebook along came a video from Richard lucas the the leader of the scottish family party that that made quite a lot of sense um about certain things and kind of spoke to some of my values um and then i looked at the policies and showed them my wife and it's kind of like "Hmm, these just kind of fit with what we believe in in a lot of ways i mean not not everything i don't think anyone we we'll find it a party or any organisation that a hundred percent aligned with everything you believe in, but yeah. it was pretty close. And I made contact, and things just grew from there.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's been a, a pretty common thing with the. We, we've spoken to. I think you're the sixth, sixth or oh, seventh that, candidate I mean. we've spoken to for this election period, and it's quite a common theme that people say you never believe everything that a party stands yeah, for, but yeah. you find the closest thing. Um, yeah,
1: that's a pretty common thing. Yeah, because I mean, I I became a when I met my wife, I became a Christian in 2017. So some of those values are are important to me, obviously. Um, and although the company, although the, the company, the the party is not a a Christian party, you know, as such, that is founded by a number of Christians on Christian values, which to some may be old-fashioned, but to to many it does speak sense, and it and it's about um, you know. You know protecting you know the way that things should be and you know having the religious freedom of expression and obviously that things like freedom of speech on, on some of the things you agree in um as well so some of those um was there and, and there's quite a lot of material that they looked into and, and didn't agree with some of the, the sex education stuff so that that's kind of what drew me towards it and you know i was quite appalled at what was being taught and i'd seen that in england there's been a lot of publicity around Birmingham and the sex education that they were trialing in Birmingham, uh, and the Muslim community was, was up in arms and withdrawing the children from <clears throat> from school, and it it's quite a big thing in the media there, but it was only a, a trial curriculum that they were doing in Birmingham. What what I found here was that almost the same curriculum was actually in place in Scotland uh, and being taught in, in many, many schools, so that was quite shocking to me.
0: Can I ask, sorry, did you have a question, Craig? I've got a couple, but you, you can... Uh, i I want to ask you about the sex education issue what what was the specific issue that you had with the sex education um it's uh introducing quite a lot
1: of things that are um for me it was age inappropriate and um i'll give you a couple of examples and see if i can mm-hmm. so there's there's um there's things aimed at in um in primary two and primary three, which is sort of six to seven year olds that, that actually go into how babies are made. And it, it actually goes into quite a bit of, of detail about, about bodies and genitals and about sex, which uh, six to seven is a, for me, it's just a little bit young. And, you know, it, it's, it's some of the, it's some of the in-depth of the things that they do at, at that, at that point of time, I think is just a, a little bit, a little bit early. They also, um, introduce, um, the, sort of the difference and talk about, um, lesbian, gay and heterosexual and bisexual. And, you know, whilst it's, um, you know, the, you know, it's appropriate to, to educate children at a certain time, you know, about, you know, what is, what is real, what is real life is like and what they'll encounter. I just think the age of it for me is a little bit too early
2: i was always led. To, um I, i'm not obviously i'm not in school and i don't i don't have kids so I, I have no idea really what the curriculum is but i was led to believe that at those ages they were teaching about um romantic relationships as opposed to sexual relationships is that not the case
1: yeah well it it does at that age i mean you have to kind of look, dig quite deep into the material um and it, it just, and I think it, it's just, it's hard to say because they, they talk about people being bisexual and they, they talk about love um, and about being in the same sex. So it doesn't, doesn't tend to talk in that context in the um, in, in the 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 LG, LG, lesbian, gay, and bisexual side. But in the um, in the part that, that talks about how babies are made, it does go, you know, a fair bit into it. Um, I mean, a bit. I uh, just just quote it from. It says one way that um, uh, it says uh, one way that uh, uh, the woman and man love each other is if they have sex, and this is a special thing to do that that grown ups can do. And when they have sex, you know, the man's penis goes inside the woman's vagina, sperm comes out and goes to meet the egg inside the woman's body. Uh, and so, I mean, different people. Some people might think that's fine, but uh, I and my my wife, you know, we we wouldn't you know at age six or seven wouldn't be wanting that detail explained to our daughter um there's a time when questions will be asked and you answer and <clears throat> i suppose everyone will debate what is the appropriate age and appropriate time but for me that was that's what it was and some of the images used you know even when you get to p5 and p7 there's some you know it could be could be seen quite graphic images of of naked bodies which mm-hmm. you know you know it could you know but that's my view on it so not everyone will oh. hold the same view and i totally understand that and that's just why i wanted to you know to challenge uh, and get involved in, in challenging you know the material and making that's, sure that it, it right. is age appropriate yeah
2: so uh, this is just purely curiosity so if if your daughter asked you I, I don't know what age your daughter is but assuming your daughter was the age that you were discussing there the seven eight year old mark how would you answer that question if she was to ask
1: i uh, would pass it over to the mother to answer, you know. i um, <laughs> <laughs> pass the that you know, as well. I, I, I'd, I'd see the thing is, we wouldn't get that kind of question from our daughter at that age. That's the that thing. Um, I suppose if she did, I mean, that's a theoretical. I mean, I've, I've got, I was married before, so I have two older children. So mm-hmm. this is the third time I've been through that age. And, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, my other two it wasn't until they were in their in their early teens that they were wanting and looking to discuss or had questions about those things. Oh, so, right. you know, and that's not long ago. Um, so that, for me, it was, yeah, I wouldn't have expected that question. I would, been, I would have been quite shocked and wondered, well, how did she get the concept of that? I mean, people talk about, you know, she knows about babies being made and put in the tummy, but they don't know about, kids of that age shouldn't really know about sex. It's, it's not there. Um, you know, my wife, you know, early age has explained about, the dangers and I understand that some of the, the RHSP um, the documentation and stuff that's used in school is about you know teaching kids to be safe and about the because there's no pants rule you know people shouldn't touch you any in, in your pants area and things like that and that these are all good things so not all of it is bad and it's about getting the balance right for me you go. that's fair uh,
0: uh, well,
2: sorry when you go. but I, I thought you were going to ask someone so I'll step back <laughs> uh, so, so the assumption would be this is based on American American family parties. Uh, they they t- I don't know if you know much about them, but they they tend no. to be explicitly homophobic, and uh, mm-hmm. against sort of gay adoption and things like that. Is that similar to uh, the family party in Scotland?
1: Um, I would say that the conservative view that the party have that there is some there is some correlation with that but as far as being homophobic um i i've i've heard people accuse the party of that um but i, I haven't met anyone who actually is um i think what the party wants to do is is not is to get balance right and for what well, the moment we we seem to have uh you know a, a big amount of of lgbt content across the curriculum in every subject and there's this lgbt inclusiveness so that you know there's no if it was just in sex education for example a parent who didn't you know was had religious beliefs and didn't want their their child taught that could take them out of that class but when it's across every subject and and included into that then then that makes it difficult for the parent to have that choice even Um, though yeah, Absolutely. that's that's what the, that's what it says in the in the documentation. Is is to, the the curriculum has to has to go across. I mean, I understand that there's a need to educate and explain to children what these things are at certain ages and certain points. I understand that um, you know there is a problem that 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 um, you know kids you know who are. LGBT in schools have had problems of bullying and harassment and that's not something that we would ever condone in any way. No no one should be used to that but for me there's a when you have a problem you you need to deal with it but when you use a sledgehammer to crack a nut then you get you know bits all over the place and that's 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 the problem that that I see here is that um, and this is this is me speaking is that um, you know if there's a problem then it, it does need to be tackled but I think introducing so if, if there was a if there was a class that had you know some children in the class whose parents were in you know same-sex relationships, then the children may be asking questions, maybe may be confusing, and they may need explaining that you know that's that's perfectly normal, that's how how it is. But if if a if a child's never had any concept of that, I think telling them too young what those things are, they they, they don't quite understand. It doesn't make Make sense to them, so I think leaving some of these things to are older is the right is the right thing
2: okay so so the reason I asked that is because um as i say you're something like the sixth candidate we've interviewed like this week, I think yeah so there's a lot of people, and we can it's mostly me that does the looking through manifestos and things, and so it's hard to get a proper grasp of manifestos and policy positions based on a couple of days and a yeah. I was looking through and I couldn't find anything that was homophobic on the website uh, but uh, the second part that I'm curious about is whether you're against sort of gay adoption or same-sex adoption.
1: Um, Well, the, the party's policy on the on the same-sex adoption is that um, they, they believe, and, and this is going to the family being a fundamental unit of, of society, being a building blocks of society that um, the families need to be encouraged and supported now in that um, ideally and this is a, a, and this is why we, we get the party gets called uh, homophobic or, or anti is that ideally a, a child should be brought up and the best example is with a mother and a father there are um, examples and there are there 's been studies on the family to say that you know children in Stable married um, uh, um, relationships do a lot better than you know if they've got a, a mother and a father. Um, and there has been some some studies, and, and you know I, I'm not I'm not going to be able to to kind of to quote them all as such. But for me, it's that's that's what, m- what most families are. And there has been instances, I suppose, where when it comes to adoption, that um, there's been families denied um, adoption and, and as we first it's getting the balance right I, I it does say in the policy that they should get um, you know someone who's in a stable stable relationship as a, a husband and wife should get you know preference you know because they're in that that relationship so yeah I mean there is a, an element of that but we, we, we're not saying that it's not that you know for me I would never say that that uh, you know a gay couple should never adopt I mean, if a child is, you know, gets a you know, stable family environment, then, then there are other families available, if you know what I mean. Yeah. But our preferred you know, way is, is and, and it's a Christian you know, ethos to it, is that a mother and a father is, is meant to be the, the fundamental um, family unit you know, of society. But you know, in this modern age, others do exist, uh, and we, we do acknowledge that. And we, we, we know we're trying to, to be prejudiced <clears throat> against anyone, or there's certainly no hatred involved, which we do get accused of. Um, you know, for me, I, you know, it's never been our way. You know, if if you've got a Christian ethos, then you know, tolerating and and trying to understand and, and to love everybody is is the way it is. Hatred should never come into it.
2: So just to, just to go back slightly, um, did you ever look into the? I think it's the Scottish Christian Party.
1: I did look a little bit. I, I mean, I'm aware of them, but I didn't look in any depth towards them um, just because they they had no. I, I had no real presence. Yeah. I know had one or two different candidates in Scotland that they were just very small and didn't didn't have any inroads to do anything. But yeah, I didn't I didn't really look at in depth at them. No.
2: Yeah, I've seen them a couple of times and I've never spoken to anyone from them. I don't know anything about. What are they standing this year? This I don't man? know. Not not in Mid Fife in Scotland, right, right. uh, Mid Scotland and Fife. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was just curious if you, since you're a you're a Christian, you're in a party that's uh, mm. founded mostly by Christians and things. I thought you might have look down at them, might be able to see sort of why you didn't join them, and join with somebody else. But that's fine. Mm. Uh, so
1: yeah, they had no presence, and yeah, and I think for me, it was that the Scottish family ticked many of the boxes that, of things that I was interested in. Yeah. But w- one of the things I've, I've, there's a couple of things I've worked hard on to within the party, and I'm now I am, um, I joined it about two years ago, and I'm now the, the deputy chairman. So uh, it, it was initially for a long while, you know, Richard's party, and but now it's grown. There's a number of members and people, and and, and it's. It's evolving and you know, I've worked hard on making sure that you, we, we, we tried to remove anything that seemed that it was be, be prejudicial or, or anti any any type of group, um, you know, there was, and, and try and make sure that we are, um, you know, are open, you know, and, and so, you know, so to, to all, it's not meant to be meant to be exclusive to only Christians or only people with certain views. You know, we, we will develop as we as we get get more mature as a, as a party.
2: So you said you joined the SNP a couple of times, so mm. before you left Scotland and then when you came back. Did the Scottish Family Party have a position on independence or Devo Max, or like federalism as Labour and Tories and things talk about sometimes, or Lib Dems even, not Tories?
1: Yeah, I mean the the party, the line in it is, is, is we're neutral on independence. Um, it's not it's not one of our main policies and it's not something that we we campaign on um the view is that we had a the referendum in 2014 and that was uh, meant to be you know uh, you know once in a lifetime and that that should be respected um we do understand and, and you know if if the popular opinion of the country was that a referendum was was demanded then obviously you know we would support whatever whatever happened at that point but um We're quite strongly in in the situation at this moment in time that, um, because of the economic conditions that we're in, that it's not the right time that we should be looking to even have a discussion or a referendum or or anything at this point in time. We need to get the the country back on, um, so back on, um, on the path to recovery, um, and really needs to, to get a, you know, full term of parliament way before we kind of put it back on the table at all, because um, I think that you know the, the economy after the pandemic, we've got a lot of rebuilding to do in the country, and I don't think an independent Scotland under an SNP government would would make Scotland prosper. You know, personally, my own opinion that I'm, I'm I want what's best for Scotland. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm always been proud of being a Scot, and you know wherever I've gone abroad and stuff, you know I wore my kilt and. Flown the flag, and you know I'm, I'm I'm very proud, Scott. I want what's best for the country, um, and at the moment I wouldn't say that an SNP government and independence would be the best thing.
2: So. so, so the assumption would be normally based on the, the first question I asked about <clears throat> um, what Scottish what family party means in other parts of the world. Uh, it Generally, seems like a, a right wing concept. But I looked at uh, some of the sort of immigration policies, and you're very pro refugees and mm-hmm. uh, things like that.
1: Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're not. It, I, it, some of the policies may seem quite quite right wing or, or on the view, and and I think the, there's there's been a lot of people. I've seen people referencing us to, to being like UKIP, and I've seen nothing like that at all. Um, I, we have we have a number of uh, of Muslim and BAME um, members in in the party, and like I said, my wife is is, is from Africa. So you know, myself, I'm in a mixed race relationship, and I, I wouldn't join and get involved in a party that that was anything against you know immigration or, or that as well. I mean, I think they they talk about supporting the countries where the immigrants come from rather than us just pulling away all the all the talented resource. It's probably the, one of the most controversial, but. Um, as a As a country, we need to maintain population and there are two ways of doing that and one is to grow families and have children that 's why we 're pro family and the other is is to allow the you know the right level of immigration that the country needs for the right reason so we' 're certainly not against that. I know that um there 's a, a test you can do i can 't remember for life of me what it was called but there 's a test that you can do about your political views mm-hmm. and it puts you on a on a scale
0: mm-hmm. and yeah.
1: you know I know that Richard and several of us in the party did it and most of us were were, you know, liber- slightly libertarian. Um, you know, slightly conservative libertarian the more than anything, but almost smack bang in the middle. Um, I think we're we're people that, we're a party of individuals that care about people and about things. Um, yeah.
2: Yeah, um we interviewed uh an independent sorry, we interviewed uh, an independent candidate a couple of days ago and they She was from, I think, Kenya, I think, Uh, and she was an asylum seeker and she explained the process in a way that I'd never experienced before. So I've always been pro-asylum seeker, pro-immigration, I've always been on that side of things. But I never understood just how bad that system is, and any party that's in favour of treating people with respect uh, is, is fine with me in that regard. Yeah.
1: No, I'm I'm quite well connected within the the, the Black African community uh, across the whole UK. I'm very well known within it. So for me, it's 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 um you know it's 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 important to get that mix. And it's important to get you know it's good for good for Scotland, good for the culture, you know, to, to bring people in. And actually, I mean, my my wife herself hasn't. I don't believe she's counted any. Any open racism at all in Scotland, which is, I'm quite proud of that. Unfortunately, my daughter has in school, um, and 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 so there has been some issues there uh, because my my daughter is you know she's black, so you know she she has had some some comments and things made against her. It was quite funny because someone called her black, and she said, "But I'm brown." You had no concept <laughs> of of black, and this is this is just before the Black Lives Matter type thing. Well, so I mean, for me, there's there's racism in the schools. And it's the issue of of race and educating people about race. But I know we talked earlier about the LGBT and the the, the LGBT inclusiveness they're trying to do across every curriculum and that. But why choose only LGBT the LGBT topic and bullying and and the issues that, that they face, and why not look at racism in exactly the same way? What you know, so for me, it's the inconsistency that that you know one area has been picked um, to deal with in a certain way, and the other hasn't. So you know, let's you know educate. Everyone in, in, in the same way in different things. Let's not just focus on one area and, and that's that's part of the problem that, that, that we have and I
0: have. I wanted to cover a couple of things like we were sort of talking back and forth on the emails before. Um these are quite important things that I think we should cover. So um one of the things you mentioned would you were a an abusive marriage. I'm guessing this is not the recent yeah. one. I'm guessing this was No, no. No. So c- could you go into details like what what happened with this? i, I um,
1: for for legal reasons I have to be careful because yeah. there's there's privacy um and uh, you know i i you know I, I can i i can potentially share something different to, with you afterwards to get uh a bit, but not not publicly okay. um I'll share something with you afterwards i'll share, share your link to something i can I'll tell you but um no I was in a marriage and for the for twenty years I was married and the the first ten were okay. My ex-wife was kind of, um, I would say she was, she was always the one that, you would say the one that wears the trousers. I was under the thumb. She was quite, quite strong-willed and, you know, bossy. But she actually, she changed at one point. Um, and there was something that happened that, that, that kind of changed her. And, she became more aggressive, and uh, when you come across um, domestic abuse, there are there are all different forms of domestic abuse. And over a number of years, I I I I, I was subjected to them all. Mm-hmm. But as a man, as a as a man, and and I you know I wasn't particularly Christian at the time, but I, you know I did believe in marriage, and I did not want to give up, and I did want to fight, and I had my children to to look after and walk away. But uh, several times I tried to to move on and leave, and couldn't get away. And, When you're in an abusive relationship, there's there's something called um, uh, codependency. Uh, And that's why when someone's in an abusive and I hear people say, oh, you know, why doesn't she just leave him? You know, why? because he knows what he's like. And it's not that easy. There's so many other complexities. And when I came out of that marriage, my my self-esteem, my, you know, I'd, I'd been depressed. I'd had suicidal thoughts at times. And, you know, I was not in a very, very good place. Um, but I just wanted to get back you know back on the horse and get out there and I started dating and I met my new wife and you know my life is completely changed and completely different mm-hmm. and you know for me when you know i so when it comes to to marriage and families i 'm quite unique in in our party in that i 'm i 'm divorced but so I understand what what divorce does to a family, how it rips you know and breaks breaks it apart um and the pain that that people go through so you know, that's I, I don't wish that on anyone, but I also understand there are reasons why marriages break down. So, you know, and why people, why you do get single parents, why you do have that. Unfortunately, in society, it is socially more acceptable and legally more e- easily able to to break up marriages. And I think, you know, putting in more to to support marriages and, and counselling would have would help. But I also noticed that there was very little help for men. So this was this was a you know a number of years ago that you know. Um, that happened. So, you know, looking at ten years ago, there was very little resource for a, a male victim of of domestic abuse to go to. You, know, you pretty much laughed at. Um, you know, and I, I went to court and uh, I wasn't believed. So it's, it, you know, I've I've been involved with trying to support and get some, you know, gender gender parity there so that you know on the domestic abuse side that a male voice is heard um, as well. So yeah, it was it was, it was not an easy time, but Coming out of it, I'm, I'm so much stronger. And, and I, I work with men, I try to support men who've been through this. I also support women as well. And for me, it's it's given me a passion to, to help people. Mm-hmm.
2: You go. I think there's been a big shift in I was just about to see male victims, sound. especially from fe- female um, abusers to male abusees. Uh, victims. Let's yeah. see that. <laughs> I don't know what the Six, word yeah. is. Uh, but especially like. Lately, with the Johnny Depp situation and things, uh, there seems to be more support for male victims uh, than there used to be, and I think that's great. Any sort of victim should be supported.
0: Definitely.
1: Yeah, there is. I mean, in Scotland, there's there's an organisation called um, Amis, Abused Abused Men in Scotland, Um, and I've had some contact with them and try to support them, and they have a helpline. But the, 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 this is the problem: is they get no funding whatsoever from the Scottish Government, whereas Women's Aid and other similar, several ones get get you know get hundreds of thousands of pounds, if not millions, spread across different agencies. So it, it's it's just that kind of disparity. So you know there is more help there. It isn't more socially acceptable to stand up and say, "Yeah, I, I was in an abusive relationship." There should be no no shame because it, it can happen to men as well as women. Um, and the situation, and, I, and I've spoken many women, and many women have kind of understood my story, and I, I've been able to share with them, and they they say it's exactly the same. So there's no difference between a male or female victim. What they endure, what they go through, is exactly the same. Maybe the physical side isn't quite as uh, as dangerous, um, technically, because the men could be stronger. So on both sides, you know, you, you can you can take more, you can give more, and that's that's the problem. But you know the actual psychological and emotional and, and other effects are almost exactly the same. So raising awareness and getting men to talk about it is is one of the things I I've been trying to do. Um, yeah.
0: Another one of the things you mentioned was a uh, uh, your heart attacks and stuff like that. Could you go into that a wee bit as well? Yeah. Yeah. Probably, sorry. Sorry that, to I bring all this up could, by the way, but <laughs> no, no,
1: no. I'm I'm very happy to talk about this. I mean. In 2018, I, I went through six heart attacks and it was misdiagnosed after several times. I had three at work, went to the doctor and he said, oh, it's indigestion. and gave me some Omniprazole. Indigestion? Um, and then, yeah, yeah, indigestion. And it was three heart attacks. And then I had another one that night and thought nothing of it because the doctor said it's indigestion. Uh, the weekend, I had another one. I went to A&E and they, they messed up the test and they said, no, it's nothing to do with your heart. Um it did get me back to another clinic who then discharged me and said, there's nothing to your heart. And then on the following Saturday night, I, had, I was watching the voice. I was sitting, having a drink of white glass of red wine. because so it would be good for my heart? You know, and watching the voice and then I had another do? heart attack. Cause I, and I, yeah. Well, I never knew that the voice was so dangerous, you know, it gave me a heart attack. So I ended up uh, oh, no. in hospital and they, they found out, they, they diagnosed that it was a heart attack. And when they did my angiogram which is when they stick a, a camera, you know, from your, your artery and, and your wrist goes up into your heart and oh, so all my art. Yeah. All, all my arteries were severely blocked. Um, and I already knew I had high cholesterol, but uh, this was, um, obviously it's a hereditary case that I never had. And so many men in their late forties and fifties just drop down dead, you know, going for a jog or whatever, because they don't know they've got a heart problem. Mm. Uh, and I was just so lucky. So, and I had a triple bypass, um, in, you know, Nine weeks after my triple bypass, I was playing football for my local church, <laughs> which was something I committed to do. Is so, the, yeah. the triple and
0: bypass is, is that is that is that the big one, like the, the sort of the one that's more dangerous? Open heart. Yeah, that's yeah, there.
1: that's an oh. open heart surgery. That's when they they, they saw your your breastbone down the middle. Oh, uh, yeah, and crack it open. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it the pain. I mean, I've I've had a I've had a you know a few broken bones, and the pain is kind of there for a shorter time. This this was. Quite intense for a long time, but I've got a pretty good tolerance of pain nowadays. So no,
2: Well, I had a, yeah. an operation on my bladder and bowel, where they had to cut part of my bowel to place it on my bladder to make my bladder yeah. bigger. And they, so, so, there was Jesus. no bones cut there, but just the the fact they opened my stomach up, I could not walk for about a week just from the pain of that. So, having your breastbone sawed in half just sounds. <laughs> Insane. Although I imagine the morphine was horrific.
1: Yeah, it was horrific. Uh, you was horrific. If you go on YouTube, you can watch it and you hear the song on no, right. the cup. You oh, know, like, sorry, sorry, i sorry, I watched you it that, <laughs> my I watched
0: it before operation. You watched it before? I watched it before my operation. Ah, <laughs> oh, you numpty. <laughs> that wasn't uh,
1: smart. But I just, I, bit, well, the thing is, I, I was a, a fairly new Christian and I just put my faith that, that God would put the right surgeons there that would look after me and the dead, and I made a, a textbook recovery. I, I was up and walking, um, I, I, got, I had an operation on a Thursday afternoon and I was home on the Monday night um, and I was up and around and walking on the Sunday. So So I know, yeah. I know
2: you're not a doctor but I want to ask this because I'm now confused. You had three heart attacks. Six. No but, but yep, on one day you had three heart attacks. What is a heart attack? I thought a heart attack was a, like automatic. You're down and out.
1: That's what, yeah. That's what people would would think, you know. Um, and that's what you think. But you no, know, I, I can, I'll describe it as, you know, if you're driving down the road and and you're doing a little bit a little bit too fast, and you suddenly see some blue lights in your mirror, and you think, oh no, they've got me, and you get that that kind of rush of adrenaline <laughs> as you put your brake on. Yeah. That feeling. You know you know what I'm talking about, don't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of like that adrenaline feeling. And I had the funniest place, I had pain in my, in my arm, and I, I didn't really have pain in my chest. It was in my back and in my teeth, giving me a headache. And it just felt weird. I just felt really, really weird. And it kind of went, and it was there for about 20 minutes, and it went away. And then it came back again. So I did that three times, you know, whilst I was just sat at my desk at work. So it was. It was not. Yeah, it was not what you would you know, expect.ing To clutch your chest and roll about on the ground and you know, and being immense pain. That was. It was painful, but it wasn't the way I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I could recognise it now. That's for sure. So, have
2: you ever had a, a panic attack before?
1: Sorry, I. Have
2: you ever had a panic attack?
1: No. Right, so no, I've never had panic attacks or anything like that. So it probably sounds it feels a bit like a panic attack. Yeah, I think that,
2: said, me, yeah. so I've had I've had panic. I've got a panic dis- a panic disorder. So I have panic attacks pretty regularly, and that yeah, sounds yeah. that sounds a lot <laughs> like what I feel. So now you've got
1: me anxious.
0: Yeah. Oh, for God's sake!
1: <laughs> well, I would always recommend get your cholesterol tested. Make sure your blood pressure tested regularly because my cholesterol was high. I already knew that from when I was about thirty-eight. Um, but I wasn't on any drugs for it. But then, when my blood pressure started going up and I was getting tired, the doctors never put the two and two together, which is daft. So, if you if you've got high blood pressure and high cholesterol, then you need to get properly checked out. That's that's my advice.
2: Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I think I think we need to stop uh, interviewing anybody that's had any sort of medical issue, because every time we, <laughs> every time we do that, I get anxious. Well, you're on, We I'm, interviewed. I'm a total hypochondriac. Uh, we interviewed somebody that. Uh, survived a stroke and let, and sort of taught themselves how to uh, speak and sort of use wow. the body again. Yeah. And, uh, and for for like yeah. a week afterwards, I was just like, "Oh no, I'm, I'm having a stroke." This is what a stroke feels like. Oh god! <laughs> so I I need to I need to stop uh, asking anybody about medical issues. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable.
1: Definitely,
2: it's
0: keep off Google. That's the main thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. So, can I ask? and this, me come across as annoying, but uh, did you? Make any sort of life changes after that, after the triple heart bypass, or did you just put all your faith in God from then on?
1: Well, well, during during the actual process and that, it, it was my faith, that, you know, for me that got me through. Mm. Um, but because I wasn't scared at all, um, apart from the, the when it, the night I was diagnosed, I was scared. But I kind of got felt like a, I felt calmness, I felt a message sense I was going to be all right. And I know if you're if you're not a believer, that would sound really weird, but it's kind of like. I was in the hospital 2 o'clock in the morning, couldn't sleep, and my wife sent me a text saying, I don't know what's going on. I can tell you're not right. Don't worry. You're going to be all right. You can have a testimony out of this. And I did, and I've I've been on um, uh, the the Christian radio. I've given my testimony on there, and I've been on a couple of blogs. I've done my testimony about my story on Mm -hmm. Christian sites. So for me, it's the faith. But, yeah, I, I I do try to eat healthy. I do try to do more exercise. And for a long while, I was doing really well. I'm, again... Locked down, I've put on a stone, so I need to get back at it. So, like everybody, I'm <laughs> yeah. fat again. So, That's I need it. to need to improve my lifestyle. Well, was that
2: it, that well, do what I do. I still blame the school for not letting me do PE, but that mm-hmm. was 12 years ago. <laughs> so, I
0: yeah, I need but to be off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, I, I feel the, the only reason I needed to ask you was just to sort of make sure because you've probably heard these stories with people like get into their heads that it's, it's been a faith-based thing, and then they sort of make no changes afterwards. I feel like you've. You've done a good thing there. For, at least for my sake, I yeah. feel like you have. So, good. Yeah. So,
1: my body is my temple. <laughs> there
0: you go. Awesome. Uh, I guess we should move on to... Uh,
2: how, long, how long have we been on? Uh, 46 minutes 46 and 21 minutes. seconds. I guess, can we touch on some uh, some of the economic policies, some of the more financial stuff? Yeah, can do. Uh, so, <laughs> just from a brief reading, it would be safe to say that you're not a socialist party. Would that be accurate?
1: Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I say we're, I don't think we're socialists, but I don't. Yeah, no. No
2: hesitation
0: there was perfect. <laughs> do
2: yeah, <think> so. So. <laughs> so, so what are some of the main sort of economic policies? I know you're for small government, and I know you're for defunding a lot of things. Uh, what, what are we talking about here?
1: Um, I'm not. I think it's. Um, yeah, I mean, economic wise is not is not what we're about because. I don't. I think it would be a long time when we were in position to, um, to to be putting a budget together. So, but yeah, no, we are in. We are in favour of, of um, funding families, funding um, you know child child um, funding, making sure that education has the right level of funding as well. Um, big believer in those areas. So, they're the main ones. But our I mean, main thing is to to get to get the economy moving again. After uh, we also talk about not borrowing as much. Because um, yeah. as a company, as a country, we, we've been borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, and it's not—it's not, it's not going to be sustainable. So we need to get, a, a, you know, a curb on, on the borrowing as, as a as a um, um, uh, as a country, um, but also, yeah, but tax allowances and breaks for families and things like that as well. Also, and we're, we're quite in um, favour of, of you know Scotland's environment and wanting to to make sure that the environment is looked after as well.
2: So I'm quite a nerd. So I need, I need to try and make sure that I don't go into uh, questions that are just unfair. Uh, so, I'm trying to word this in a way that doesn't sound like elitist or anything. But would you say... So, <laughs> this is very hard to 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 put any words without <laughs> sounding like a, a dick. Um, a lot of countries, after big uh, economic issues, go down a, a Keynesian route. And what that means yeah. is... The, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what that means, but I'm going to explain for
1: people just in case. I've studied economics a good okay. few times. Right. So, yeah. okay. Well, there's, again,
0: yeah. again, these explanations only just for you. These, because like, we have listeners that are that are like not highly into politics yeah. and so, so we have to explain mm-hmm. for everybody. This
2: sort of thing. just a Keynesian economic model is where you sort of you put a lot of money in infrastructure, and you try and make the recoup the money in ways of investment. So would that be yeah. sort of the route that you would be thinking of going down if it was up to you?
1: Um, I, I, to be honest, I, it's not something that I, I've really gone into much detail on. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm not. I'm not an economist, and it's not someone as a party we've got in-depth policies on. You know, we're we're pretty we're pretty new, and we, we've only focused on certain areas as such. Right. Um, one of the things that that would that that is keeping us stronger at the moment is the fact that we're we're backed by a union, so in, in Westminster, so there is some possibility there. I mean, we've had austerity for a number of years, and that's that, that's that's likely to continue to pay for what we've been been you know dishing out in this last last year or so with with the COVID and the recovery coming. But I do think the main thing is, is about getting the economy up and running, getting people back to work, getting the businesses back open are uh, trying to support trade and, and that as well, so you know for us it, it it's yeah definitely i don't i don't see fixed building and, and borrowing to to because for many years we've been borrowing and borrowing to to build the infrastructure and the schools that's been done we need to pay back those debts now
2: so so the reason I asked that was because one of the main things I did see uh, regarding economics sorry, uh, i'm burping a lot i'm needing to hide away from the mic. Uh, was you're not in favour of UBI. And um, sort of my feeling is that the way things are going, there's a lot of automation, there's a lot of job losses, and I can't see an alternative to UBI without a lot of sort of destitution. And I I was wondering sort of what you thought about that.
1: (laughs) It's really, I'd say that's beyond me. I would. I've not. I've not. It's not not my area of expertise at all. I'm afraid, so I'm not.
2: Well, you're the you're the first person who's acknowledged that you don't know something, and said it. Uh, because a lot of candidates but, just will try and come up with something on the spot. Oh yeah. It's usually
0: really uninformed. Uh, I actually
2: respect the fact that you've said I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to answer the question.
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would if I could, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I mean, I've studied economics, but. As far as the right way to economically get us out of this, I think there's a lot more work I would need to do to be able to answer that question. Unfortunately, but that's the truth. So
0: fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, do you have anything else to? Finish I don't off have today? any more questions no. Okay, right. We've reached the end of the podcast. Done. Um, I have a wee thing <laughs> I like to do at the end of these things. Yeah. Um, usually, during like a hustings or a radio show, you'd be given like two or three minutes to like fix the world. Basically, a lot of the time that it seems to happen. Um, I'm going to ask. And just, I kind of hate the way that people do, do do those things, but I do find it slightly entertaining. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you two minutes to tell the world, um, the world. of uh, like why they should vote for you. So I'm going to do it right off the bat. Yeah. I'm going to do give you a three, two, one countdown, and then we'll start. So, cool. three, two, one, go.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so I aim to make a difference by speaking up for those who have no voice, by challenging the status quo and raising topics and subjects that um, those in the current uh, parliament at the moment, the Scottish parliament, they dare not discuss or or, 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 or debate. Um, personally, I stand against all forms of racism and hatred and, you know, I want to promote love and tolerance. Uh, I'm for equality and equity for all. I'm against all forms of abuse and violence. I would be campaigning against those. Um, and I want to encourage and support families and marriage wherever possible. Um, I'd, le- I'd seek to improve education um, that- and help give our children the best start in life. Um, and I would oppose what I believe is the age-inappropriate sex education content. Um, when it comes to independence, you know, I would um, I respect the decision from 2014, and um, I don't I don't think it's the right thing at the right time. So. I wouldn't be looking to uh, looking to support, you know, the the country get on its feet and focus on the economy and prove that right. But uh, I also stand for religious freedom and the freedom to practice religion, uh, and for freedom of speech. Uh, and as a practicing Christian, I do hold strong views and morals. But I believe overall that we should love our neighbours and our enemies, no matter what. And that's me.
0: There you go. Awesome. <laughs> that was one minute. Uh, no, one, one minute thirty there. That, you're not meant to play that if he's. I not don't need two, two much. Well, we, we just you just is, play that because you like playing. This that. is just a bit of fun, right? This is just a bit of fun. This is not serious. <laughs> the end cheating. part here. Right, there you go. So that's one minute thirty seconds. We should put up a leaderboard at some point. Just
2: see well, like a, a star and a reasonable, a reasonably placed card. <laughs>
0: like a top tier type, like right, right, amazing, awesome. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Don. It was much appreciated. No. Nope
1: thank you for your time and it's good to talk to you
0: both awesome man awesome uh, so we'll do we'll let you yeah, go
1: now you yeah, you're giving me stuff to think about as well which is good i like to be challenged <laughs> awesome, so thank man. you